Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for August 11th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus, and I've been covering the first parable of this series, the parable of the sower, for seven full weeks. And I, I hope that you've enjoyed it. I, I'm wrapping this up so I can get to the other parables. Uh, but this parable, I believe, is the mother of all parables because Jesus said to his team, if you don't understand this one, how can you understand any parable? So I've taken my time, seven full weeks of teaching. Yesterday, I gave you a faith refresher. If you missed yesterday's message, go back and watch that. That faith refresher was such a blessing. And I'm going to flow in that same vein today. The title of today's message is The Hundredfold Requires Unwavering Faith in God. Put in the chat, I want a hundredfold. The un the hundredfold requires unwavering faith in God. Put, a, put in the chat, I give God my unwavering faith. Get ready to receive the word this morning. so let's get into the word. Here we go. So, you know, um, I was thinking about the faith refresher and as I was talking about it, I see you guys are commenting in the comments about the faith refresher. And in many ways, I give you those all the time. I don't, I may not call it a faith refresher, but I'm, what I'm doing today again is really about faith and, and we are the just and the just shall live by faith. And sometimes we just need to be re reminded what we have to do to live by faith. And that's what we're doing today. So before we get into the parable, Psalms 126 and verse four, the Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. This is a scripture we've been looking at all year. At our church, we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So if you're new here and there's some areas of your life that went dry, maybe there's some areas of your life where you're not as passionate as you used to be. Like you used to be on fire for God in this area, that area. But those things have dried up. Guess what? This is a season of refreshing and restoring for you. Let me read to you what the Bible says. Now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. I want you to put this in the chat and say it out loud. No dry areas for me. I don't want any area of my life to be dry and I'd be okay with it. No, no. I'm looking for refreshing and restoring and reviving. Say amen to that. So Mark chapter four, beginning at verse 13, we find Jesus explaining this parable to his team. And I'm going to cover it again, and then we'll get into some nuggets. So he said to his team, listen, guys, you got to understand this thing. The farmer's like somebody that takes the teaching, which is God's word, and sows it down the side of the soil, which is God's people. Sometimes the seed falls along the, the side of the road, the, the wayside. That's like the people that hear the word of God. They don't understand it. And because they don't understand it, they're susceptible to Satan. Satan comes immediately, snatches away the word that was sown in their heart. Other people are like seed that's planted on the rocky ground. These are the people that hear the teaching. They quickly and gladly accept it, right? I mean, they give God like surface level Christianity and they, they, they say amen real loud in church, but they don't do anything with it. They don't allow the word of God to go deep into their lives. And as a result, as soon as trouble comes, the persecution comes because of the word that they receive, they're quick to give up. Other people like seed that's planted amongst the thorny weeds. These are the people that hear the word of God, but they've allowed their lives to become full of other things. Jesus said, like the kids of this world, the love of money, everything else they want. Those things grow up like weeds and choke out the word. And then lastly, some people are good ground. Say good ground. 
Some people are good ground, and we learned that good ground, those of us that want to be good ground, we're in the minority, right? <laughs> Three out of the four types of soil didn't produce anything. And then in the fourth type of soil, the good ground, there's levels to this. Some people receive 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold return. And you and I, we're committed to the 100-fold. Put in the chat, I am committed to the 100-fold. So what does this mean for you today? Now, I said all that to set everything up. Now I can start teaching. I need you to open up your heart to receive, rid your heart and mind of all distractions. You ready? Number one, living as good ground, as the good ground that Jesus talks about in this parable, comes down to having consistent faith in God. Consistent, not just faith, but consistent. Put in the chat, my faith is consistent. Now, there's there are people that have short bursts of faith, but I'm talking about being consistent. I'm, I'm not talking about just getting a word from God and getting excited about it. I'm talking about being consistent. It comes down to being consistent. The first three types of soil, the wayside soil, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, they did not allow the word of God to produce a harvest in their lives, and they got no harvest. And it wasn't a problem with the word because there was nothing wrong with the seed. There wasn't a problem with the sower because it was the same sower and the same seed in every instance. The issue was with the soil. So the last type of soil that Jesus described was good ground. Say, I'm good ground. Say that. Put it in the chat. And even then, with these people, there was varying results. There was a 30-fold, there was a 60-fold, and there was a 100-fold return. So I believe that there are many Christians, believers, that provide faith, right, that, that exercise and activate the faith that God has put down in their heart, but while they're waiting on the hundredfold return, they settle. They don't hold on long enough to see the full manifestation of what God said. And so they settle for the thirtyfold. They settle for the sixtyfold. You and I, we're going to believe God for a hundredfold. Let me give you a, a faith refresher continued here. Um, for those of you that enjoyed the faith refresher yesterday, let's continue in this vein. So what is faith? Hebrews 11 and 1. What is faith? The Bible says, Hebrews 11 and 1 from the New International Version. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and being certain of what we do not see. Faith is about being sure. Faith is about being certain. I'm sure that what I'm hoping for, because it's, um, it's based on what God said, it's going to come to pass. And I'm certain that although I can't see it, it's only a matter of time. Faith is the confident assurance that God will do what he said he would do in our lives. Faith is perceiving as real which you cannot validate with your senses. I have no sense realm evidence to support this thing, but I believe it. Why do you believe it, Rick? Because I believe God revealed it to me. I believe God spoke it to me. Faith is taking God at his word. Put in the chat, I take God at his word. Faith is taking God at his word and then expressing your confidence in God and what God said with corresponding action. So faith requires corresponding action in word and in deed. Faith requires me to say something, and faith requires me to do something that's based on what God revealed to me, and it's about being sure, and it's about being certain. So the good ground receives what God said, and then remains sure and certain that it will come to pass. Say this. Say, I am sure, and I am certain. So many believers are sure and certain at first, but then their assurity and their certainty wanes over time, the passage of time. And so let me say it this way. There are many believers who are good starters in the body of Christ or good starters 
in faith, but they're not good finishers. So the problem is that God wants you to endure until the end. Say this, I will endure until the end. Faith requires me to say what God said, believe what God said, align with what God said, and then not settle for anything less. I have to remain in faith long enough to see what God said. If I don't, if I don't engage patience with faith, and I may not get any return, but if I get a partial return and I say, oh, that's good enough, uh, that's good enough for me, then I'm running the risk of missing out on God's best. And so what I don't want, uh, or I don't want to be like the rocky ground, right? So the rocky ground, as soon as they receive the word, they say, amen. But as soon as trouble comes, the persecution comes, they're quick to give up. So we can't allow trouble or persecution or even a partial harvest to cause us to give up on what God said. As believers, we have to remain in faith for the long haul. How many times have you gone to church, got a word from God? Oh my God, thank you, Jesus. Got a word from God, got super excited, prayed over it, wrote it down in your journal. If it was today, put it on Instagram, did a faith confession, believed and received it. And then three weeks later, you forgot all about it. Like how many times? How, how many times have you gotten super excited about something God said, but two months later, somebody brings it up. Hey, girl, has that happened? Hey, bro, has that happened? What are you talking about? Well, you said back in March, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, 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 no, 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 I'm good. What, what happened? Did God say? Maybe God did say. It's just that you gave up. And as a believer, you can't give up. Put in the chat, I will not give up before it happens. Like, as a believer, you got to remain in faith without a doubt, without wavering. If you give up before it happens, then you're going to be like one of the first three types of soil. But, or if you start to get some of what God said, and then you get super excited over it, and you go, oh, this is good enough for me, then you settle for less than what God said. It's not the fullness of what God promised. Then you didn't get the hundredfold. Maybe you got the thirtyfold. Maybe you got the sixtyfold. Put in the chat, I will stay in faith until the hundredfold. As a believer, what we want is everything that God wants for us, and we want to continue to believe God. Number two, God initiates, and he's the one who completes. So we we serve a God who initiates, and we serve a God who completes, right? So we have to be confident, Philippians 1 and 6 says, of this very thing, that he, God, who has begun a good work in us, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have this teaching on faith. Not only do we have Hebrews 11 and 1, but Hebrews chapter 11 is like the hall of faith. Like, you know, you have the hall of fame is the hall of faith. After Jesus is manifested and glorified through the right of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 11, talking about faith in Hebrews chapter 12, it starts off by saying this, look unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Look unto Jesus, who is both the author, the originator, and the finisher, the sustainer of our faith. Another translation says, the Passion Translation of Hebrews 12 and 2 says, we look away from the natural realm. Ooh, say that. I look away from the natural realm. So we got to look away from the natural realm if we want to live by faith. And we focus our attention and our expectation on Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who is leading us forward into the perfection of our faith. So Jesus birthed faith within us and Jesus is leading us forward into what? Into the perfection of my faith. 
Once again, Philippians 1 and 6. Let me read Philippians 1 and 6 to you from the Amplified. It says, I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he, Jesus, God, who has begun a good work in you, he will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. Until Jesus returns, developing that good work and perfecting it and bringing it to full completion within you. What, what the Apostle Paul was saying is that we got to believe that God is the one who started it and God will bring it to a full completion. But what we can't do is disengage our faith or not have faith at all. So the writer of Hebrews makes it clear that Jesus is both the author and the finisher of our faith. Why is that important? Because it puts the spotlight on him. Say it's all about him. It puts, it puts the spotlight on him and not on us. It puts the emphasis on him and not on us. Paul was convinced that God started it. God is going to finish it. Once again, it's about him. It's not about us. Paul, Paul, Paul had confidence, but he didn't have confidence in himself. He had confidence in God. Paul had confidence. He, he didn't have confidence in people. He had confidence in God. So Jesus even told us in Mark 11 and 22, have faith in God. So now you may be saying, okay, Rick, this is good, but what does this have to do with the parable of the sower? All right, let me make the connection. You ready? In the parable of the sower that we've been looking at for seven weeks, it is God, the sower, who initiated the contact with the soil. It is God, the sower, that decided what seed to sow down into the soil. It is God, the sower, that went out of his way to make sure that the soil had seed so that it could produce. It is God, the sower, that set the conditions for the seed to produce inside of the soil. He put the power to produce inside of the seed, and then he put the seed down inside of the soil. It was all about the sower. It was All the soil did was sit there. The soil didn't do anything. All it did was sit there and receive. And I'm saying all the soil has to do now once it receives is not fight against the process. Listen, God was the one that initiated you. God was the one that sent you to this planet at just the right time. You were born when you were born, where you were born, because of why you were born. God was the one that sent you. God was the one that made plans for you from the foundations of the world. God the one is the one that said, hey, son, hey, daughter, you're going to be born for such a time as this. God is the one that put his purpose, his destiny down inside of you. God is the one. And now God gave you his spirit. He gave you his word. He gave you his faith. He gave you his calling. And so now he's saying, all I want you to do is cooperate so that I can operate in your life. God is the one that's saying, I'm the Lord of the harvest. And every seed that I plant down in your heart, I will make sure that it brings forth a harvest. And so I'm looking for the hundredfold. God is the one that's looking for the hundredfold. God is just saying, hey, son, hey, daughter, first of all, don't fight against me so that you can produce a harvest. I want you to be good ground. And then when you're good ground, don't fight against me. I want you to receive a hundredfold. Don't give up before it's time. So if you understand all of this, you understand this parable, you know that your life is all about him. All you're doing as a soul is receiving what God deposited down on the inside of you. I didn't come up with my calling. God came up with my calling. I didn't come up with my destiny. God came up with my destiny. I'm not a self-made man. God, I'm a God-made man. And so God is the one. It is he who called us. It is he who sent us. It is he who gave us the faith. It is he who sent people to me so I could get born again. It is he who put his spirit down inside of me. It is he who reveals things to me that were prepared for me but concealed from me. It is he. So it's all about him. So living by faith and receiving the hundredfold is all about being committed to, to receiving what God wants for our lives, to being fully persuaded that what God has promised, he is able also to perform, and we're not going to settle for anything less. Say amen to that. Put in the chat, I will not settle for anything less than God's best. You got it? Praise God for that. All right, number three. I have four things to share with you in this morning. Here's number three. The life of faith is all about confidence in God. Now, 
Let me, I'm going to teach you about confidence in God, faith, and I'm going to teach you about praying at the same time. So this is going to be like a prayer refresher as well. First John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 from the Amplified. First John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 from the Amplified. Let me read this to you, then I'm going to break it down. And this is the confidence, John says. This is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask for anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, guess what? God listens to us and he hears us. And since we positively know that God listens to us in whatever we ask that lines up with his will, we also know, uh uh-oh, with settled and absolute knowledge that we already have it, granted as our present possessions, the request that we may know of him. So let me break this down. I'm going to break down these two verses for you. And so this is going to be like a little refresher on faith and prayer. Let's take a closer look at this. The passage starts off by saying, this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. Okay. So who do we have confidence in? It's in him. The confidence is in him and not in us. Our boldness comes down to the fact that we have confidence in God. Our boldness is rooted and grounded in our confidence in God and in his commitment to us and what he spoke over our lives. The life of faith is about expressing your confidence in God and then being fully persuaded that what God promised, he will also perform in our lives. The emphasis is not on us. The emphasis and the spotlight is on God. Say amen to that. So the the text goes on to say, we are sure that if we ask for anything, make any request according to God's will in agreement with his own plan, that God listens to us and he hears us. Put in the chat, God always listens to me when I pray. Why? Because I'm praying in accordance with his will. So faith is about being sure. Faith is about, now, if, I, if I'm praying and I'm not in accordance with God's will, I'm, I'm going to tell you what happens here in a minute. But faith is about being sure. Faith is about being certain. And this, this assurity and this certainty doesn't have anything to do with me. It's all about him. It's tied to God. It's tied to his word. It's tied to every word that he's spoken over our lives. So what we ask for, we must ask for in faith. What we ask for, we must ask for in accordance with God's will. So when we're praying in accordance with God's will, basically, I've taught you before, when this text is saying, we're praying to God his will. So when, what we're doing is we're actually praying to God prayers that he already prayed over us. These are things that he destined for us to have. So when we pray to God and we pray the prayers that he already prayed for us, that he already destined for us, he's telling us what to pray for. He's telling us what to ask for. He's telling us, he's leading us concerning our prayer life. The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, son, hey, daughter, this is yours. This is what I want you to do. So I need you to pray. Oh, well, wait a minute. If you want me to do it, then it's your will. I don't need to pray. Oh, no, no, son, I do need you to pray. Jesus said, your father knows what you need before you ask, but you still need to ask. So why do you want me to pray if you say it's already, if it's your will, why do you want me to pray? Because that's how it works, son. I don't want to interrupt your life. Prayer is earthly license for heavenly interference. Okay, so Father, you want me to pray to you 
basically what you've already prayed over me. Yes. You want me to pray to you, basically what you're telling me to ask for. Yes. You want to give me something, but before you give it to me, you want me to ask for it in faith. Yes. And you're going to tell me what to ask for. Yes. And you're going to tell me what to, oh, yes. Okay. That's how prayer works. Yes. So now the Holy Spirit is leading me concerning what to pray. The Holy Spirit is leading me concerning what to stand in faith for. The text is saying we're asking for things that are in accordance with his will, and then he hears us. Now, James said in James 4 and 3, sometimes people ask and they don't receive. He says, you have not because you ask not. But then again, some people do ask and don't receive. Why? Because they ask amiss. They're asking for things that were birthed in their heart and not in the heart of God. There are some things that you're asking for that wasn't God. There are some things that you're asking for that God didn't, that God didn't pray over you. There's some things that you're asking for that are not yours. Oh, and so, so God is not signing up to just give me whatever I want. No, absolutely not. God is, God is not like a sugar daddy. He'll just give me the desires of my heart. No, if you listen to God, he will give you the desire and then he'll tell you what to pray. And then when you pray what he gave you the desire for, he'll bring it to pass. Oh, that's how prayer works. Yes. You got it. And so you, I'll continue to continue to break it down. The, uh, the passage goes on to say, and if since we positively know that God listens to us and whatever we ask for, of course, has to be in accordance with his will. We know with settled and absolute knowledge that God has already granted us the possessions that we made of him. So now I'm asking in faith. Now I'm asking without wavering. Now I'm asking being led by the Holy Spirit. Now I'm asking, I know this is the will of God. I know this is what you want because you told me what to pray for. And so now I believe that I have it now. But it hasn't happened yet. No, it hasn't manifested yet, but I believe that I have it now. I have it as a present possession and it's only, I have it in my heart. And it's only a matter of time before it shows up in my hands. That's the life of faith. That's how I pray. When you understand this, you understand that faith is all about him. Your life is all about him. I hope that you're getting this. Like This is like a faith refresher and a prayer refresher all in one. And so my life, put in the chat, my life is all about him. You got it? All right, number four, last one for today as I close. Um, one of the subscribers, one of you texted me yesterday, and, uh, this is just a snippet of what you said. I want to share this and then give you some points as I close said, Hey, you talked about the difference in harvest being a matter of settling for the first signs of success and then disengaging our faith and becoming satisfied with some of what God has for us and not all of what God has for us. This reminds me of 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 15 through 19. If God tells you to do something, you got to keep striking. You should read that later. It is also interesting, he went on to say, to contemplate how success can lead to failure if we're not careful. When you start to experience what God has for you, there are all kinds of voices in your head telling you that you can slow down or you can stop and you could just and you will succumb to it if you allow it. So basically, I like the fact that he said success can lead to failure if you're not careful. In other words, I told you, I taught you already in this parable that some people get a portion of what God said. That's that's the success piece he's talking about. And then that can lead to a failure because if you don't hold on long enough to receive everything that God said, yeah, it was it was a harvest, but it was a partial harvest. It wasn't the hundredfold that God wants. Believers operating in the hundredfold are believers that refuse to compromise. Put in the chat, I will refuse to compromise. They refuse to operate in, in fear or doubt or unbelief or even partial harvest. Put in the chat, I, I will not settle for a partial harvest. The journey to a hundredfold return 
requires unwavering commitment to God's vision, God's plan, and believing that everything that God said has to come to pass in your life. Operating in the hundredfold requires a revelation of your identity. It requires you knowing who you are in Christ. Say this, put in the chat, I know who I am. And then it requires a constant renewal of your mind. I'm telling you, man, this is not living by faith. You got to embrace the grace to do it. Living by faith, when you really engage faith and you launch out in faith and you start believing God and you start doing stuff that God told you to do and you walk away from one thing and you go into another area or you launch out or you take God public or you do something like that. And now you're like, oh, my God, God, I've done this thing now. I need you. Like, if you don't show up, it can't get done. Living by faith, the pressure will if you if you don't disengage that pressure and, and, and embrace the grace and push the pressure over to God. This is why people give up. I mean, like like you, the devil will do everything that he can to get you to give up and to cave in and to quit. So for if you want to receive the hundredfold, let me give you some last nuggets and I'm done. You got to stay rooted in God's word consistently. Say that. I will stay rooted in God's word. This is why you watch today's word every day. You need the word every day. You got to guard your heart against doubt. You got to guard your heart against distractions. You got to act in faith and in obedience and in love. Everything God tells you to do, be obedient. Go do it and always do it in love. You got to align your desires with God's will, God's purpose. You got to remind yourself all the time, Father, this is all about you. I'm only doing what you want me to do. And so, yeah, even if it gets difficult, you said it. So you have to bring it to pass, right? And then you have to add patience to your faith so that you don't quit before it's time. If you add patience, it is through faith and patience, Hebrews 6 and 12, that we receive the promises of God. If you want the promises of God manifested, you got to have faith and patience. Say amen to that. This is almost like another faith refresher and also a refresher about prayer. I hope that you got something out of that. That was a lot of teaching. The last few days, matter of fact, this whole week, this has been a lot of teaching. I hope that you're getting it. I hope that you're applying it. I know, watch this, it's blessing me. It's helping me. I pray that it helps you as well. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Declare this by faith. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I am good ground. I live by steadfast faith in every word that you've spoken over my life. Doubt has no power over me. Your word prevails in my heart. My faith is resolute, anchored in you and in your dedication to me. Your promises are settled in heaven, and they're also settled in my heart. My faith is unshakable and alive. You have placed your vision in my heart, and I live by faith. As I do, your vision unfolds right before my very eyes. I renew my mind with your word every day. Therefore, I I shall not be moved by what I see. I pray with conviction because I know that I'm praying with what you destined for my life. And everything will come to pass at just the right time. So I remain steadfast in faith without wavering until I receive a hundredfold harvest on every seed sown. I refuse to settle for anything less than your best. Living this way, I know, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Monday, I'm going to have another one. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, and 
all the teaching I've done this week, wouldn't if you missed out on the notes, isn't that crazy? I give you the notes for free, right? So why not sign up? If you're not getting my notes, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button and sign up. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I love you. God loves you too. I want you to have an amazing day. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing. Leave me some comments about the series. Are you enjoying the series? Seven weeks of the parable of the sower. I'm going to close it out next week. Seven weeks of the parable of the sower. Are you learning? Is, you know, just talk to me about it. Uh, and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. I'll see you on Monday morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.